I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all Dynasty Fantasy Football, episode 70, wide receiver recap week with special guest Wyatt Bertoloni at WyattB underscore FF on Twitter. Give him a follow if you don't already. Who am I, you ask? I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can follow me on Twitter at FFEvanLution if you feel so inclined. You could also follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You could drop an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com if you had any questions or comments, and if you do not use the Twitter bot, I would suggest you do use Twitter. It is a fantastic tool and helps with your fantasy football shenanigans. Guys, hopefully you've been enjoying this breakdown. We've got a lot more wide receivers to get to, some gems here to talk about, so without any further ado, let's get to it. The main event. Fight! We're going to move on to the next wide receiver that was drafted. This is actually really surprising to me, and I think it was a general consensus that was quite surprising. It was Wandale Robinson. So he goes to the Giants. Round two, pick 43. So not even 10 picks later. Um, so it's very even still fairly early in the second round. The Giants really killed it on the first day of the draft. But again, I feel like I really liked their draft initially. And the more I've thought about it in retrospect, the more I'm like, actually, I don't know how much I do like it because we give them a lot of credit for like smashing day one picks. But like they had two top 10 picks. I mean, you, you kind of would have to be pretty stupid to mess that up, really. Um, they kind of fell into two really nice guys. They fit into the what they're trying to do. They their positions of need. That's great. But in day two, they go for a guy. You know, very. Don't get me wrong. It is a guy I liked. I liked Wandale Robinson. I was interested in him. He has a great profile analytically speaking. Um, there was things I was intrigued by him watching the film. I wasn't overly high on him. I certainly wasn't as high on him as like an early day two pick. Um, you know. And especially when he looks like a miniature version of Kadarius Tony, who they got last year in the first round, you know, um, in his play style and in his abilities and things like that. So it's very, uh, it was very much a, a bit of a head scratcher. But why? What are your thoughts on Wandale being taken that early, being taken at the Giants? Are you intrigued by that? Um, where are you at with him? Yeah, pick forty three was definitely a big surprise. Um, I mean, Wandale's just like almost you know like Rondell Moore last year in the way that. Uh, they've got some impressive production at big time schools in or, you know, big conferences, but they're too short. So are they going to be an outlier or not? And uh, both went as second round picks. I think I liked Rondell Moore a little bit more than I like Wondell Robinson because Rondell Moore was so productive as a freshman. And Wondell Robinson uh, wasn't as productive as he was. But he was still very productive. I mean, he's he's got everything you want. He's just too short. So it's a bet on, do you think he's an outlier or not? You know, will the Giants use him in a way that he can be an outlier? Because players like that don't always, like, they need to be used in a gadget way, kind of, I think. At least when they get to the NFL. Because it's, they're, Tyreek kills don't grow on trees. Those kinds of players who learn to live within the NFL as a short wide receiver just don't happen. Uh, 
there's a path, obviously. We've seen it now, but it's just not not common. So it I, I like Wendell Robinson just because the draft capital makes you think that the Giants are gonna want to use him. Um, but still I'm not taking him till like the end of the second round, that in mind. Yeah, I think I think the interesting thing is because it's such a curveball, and I think because it threw so many people that the market hasn't really adjusted majorly to it. So I think that the the kind of the cost of of getting involved and getting invested and getting some shares isn't too high yet. So I think that is going for you if you do want to get in and and get a couple shares of Wandale. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I think he was around wide receiver 14 or so for me. So it wasn't overly high on him. I wasn't like, you know, bottom of the barrel on him. Like I liked him. I was intrigued by him, especially because he used to be a running back and he's only recently just transitioned into wide receiver. So I appreciate and respect the fact that it's a learning process and there's a learning curve that goes with that. But to your point, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's a, you know, it's a high, it's a, it's a, he's got a lot of, a lot of hoops to jump through to, to make it really successful in the NFL. I mean, I guess on the plus side, like you said, to your point, the fact that the giants took him so early in the second round, tells me that they must have plans for him. They must be intrigued by his skill set. They must have things that they want to do with him. So that combined with his production makes him an intriguing dart throw. But for me, yeah, I still am not really wanting to reach on him. What I would consider a reach on him until like the mid, maybe maybe the mid second round, late second round. Definitely. I'm happy enough. You know, if you're 208, 209, 210 or something and he's sitting there and there's nobody else you're really super excited about. Yeah, sure. You know, take a dart through at him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly not somebody that I'm expecting to take and throw straight into my starting lineup this season. I'm hoping to be able to put him on the taxi squad and just wait and see what happens and see how it shakes out. Um, you know, it's not somebody that I'm expecting to come in and just dominate in the NFL. I think, like you said, it's it could be a big learning curve and it could take a little bit of time. And hopefully they're making a game plan that is conducive you know, to him, um, and his skill set. So, yeah, I mean, again, it was a, it was a bit of a crazy one. Um, the next wide receiver taken though, I think was a great pick. I think it was a great value. It was John Mechie. The third, he goes literally one pick later to the Texans. And I believe they traded up to get him. So that's really interesting as well, because again, he's coming in quite early in the second round. Um, he's coming off that ACL injury as well. Similar to Jameson Williams, Alabama wide receiver, great production history. Um, you know, just a really, really solid player that I really liked. I actually, you know, had him a good few spots higher than um, Wandale in my pre-draft ranking. So I think I had John Mechie like 11th or 12th, something like that. A good two, three, four receivers higher than Wandale. So I really like John Mechie. I really think this is a great landing spot, but what are your thoughts on, on Mechie here in the Texans? Yeah, I really like Mechie going to the Texans, honestly. Um, like you, you, you know, you highlighted him as a player and I think Mechie is an exercise in dynasty philosophy and basically how you value a player like Mechie because he's probably pretty safe. I mean, injury aside, just as a player in the NFL, I think he's going to be just a solid slot receiver, right? He's got that. Like, I don't think there's any arguing that everyone seems to think that it's just how do you value that player for dynasty? Because his ceiling may not quite be there, um, but he walks right into a slot receiving role with the Texans, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins on the outside. You know, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, how do you value that player? What do you, you know, like, how do you value a Hunter Renfro in your, in your leagues? Because under, I mean, we probably just saw the best season Hunter Renfro is ever going to have, uh, but we know who he is. He's a really good slot receiver. He could be very productive when given the opportunities. It's just like the realistic ceiling is only so high for players like that. So how do you value that for me? 
I I value that like somewhere in the middle of the second round, uh, with the D, with the day two or I should say round two draft capital, which is pretty good. So the, yeah, you know, like if you just want a safe option in that middle of the second round in a draft class that is probably kind of weak compared to others, John Mechie is a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I I think I love Mechie um, for a lot of reasons, and I think that one of the things is, I mean, especially okay in Dynasty because one of the things about Dynasty. As you know, obviously, why you're a smart guy, you talk a lot about Dynasty. Um, but for people who maybe are newer to Dynasty and they're just not thinking about or contextualizing it in this way, one of the things about Dynasty is tr- most most Dynasty. I wouldn't say all. Obviously, there's no you can't say all because people play in a load of different crazy leagues. But in general, um, Dynasty would tend to have probably slightly bigger uh, starting lineups than a redraft league you know like a lot of people that play dynasty would play superflex nowadays but even if you're playing a one qb i would say most leagues are like three wide receivers two running backs a tight end and then anywhere from one to three flex spots you know so you're talking like you're gonna probably in most leagues have to start three wide receivers and you can potentially start up to five or six wide receivers every single week depending on the league and and the format so with that said um guys like Mechie are super valuable, you know, like, you know, it's, it's great in an ideal world. It'd be lovely to think that you have six top 12 wide receivers on your team and you can just log them into the starting lineup every week. But the truth is, is if you can do that, you probably either play with a bunch of idiots or you have no depth anywhere else on your roster, you know? So you're going to need guys like John Mechie who give you that safe, um, consistent floor that you can then throw guys like a Justin Jefferson or a Tyreek Hill or something like that in the lineup that can give you those boom weeks that just push you over the top. So I think guys like Mechie are usually undervalued because everybody wants the Tyreek Hill. Everybody wants the Justin Jefferson. And that's understandable. Like I want that as well. But the truth is that, you know, having a really rock solid low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three on your roster, especially if the cost of acquisition is really low is super valuable. So for me, I really dig it. I'm, I'm super happy getting Mechie even in the early second round, depending on the league format, especially this year with like the quarterbacks being so meh, you know, like I'm, I'm totally happy, like getting Mechie, you know, even taking him at like the 201, 202, 203, somewhere in there. Like that's fine to me personally, um, because I think, He's probably going to be, you know, if you look at him and his career with Alabama, he never seemed to be the alpha, but he was definitely super productive behind an alpha, like behind Devonta Smith, behind, you know, Jameson Williams. And it's like, so now he's got Brandon Cooks, who's like the alpha there in, in, in Houston, and he can easily step in and be that, that one B or the, or the even just wide receiver two, which, you know, if they're still not great and they're still playing from behind a lot, having to throw the ball a lot, that could still be a pretty valuable role. So I really like John Mechie. I think he's got a really solid spot there. And I think that he'll be a really productive receiver. I don't, like you said, I don't think he has the ceiling of a Jamison Williams. He doesn't have the ceiling in my opinion of a Garrett Wilson, but I think he's got a really solid floor. And I think that he's got a good solid skill set to be a good receiver in the NFL. So I think that as much as we've said nice things and we've had a lot to say about John Mechie, we're now we're now flipping the page. And um, I I mean, obviously, why it could surprise me here, but I know I certainly don't have an awful lot to say about Tyquan Thornton, who was the next pick. So after Wandale, this was the next big surprise of the second round. 
was the Patriots coming up and grabbing Tyquan Thornton with pick 50. Um, you know, obviously the Patriots, we knew they needed help in their receiving core. I think we all knew that. We kind of even thought maybe they would take a shot at wide receiver in the first round possibly, but that didn't happen. I think the value just wasn't there. And plus they thought, why take a wide receiver in the first round when we could reach on a guard in the first round that's probably a third round pick. So, you know, obviously the Patriot way, um, don't do what they expect. Always leave them guessing. And uh, yeah, they take Tyquan Thornton, who I don't think was particularly high on most people's boards. Um, but what are your thoughts? Where do you come down with uh, Taekwon being, you know, drafted relatively high, second round pick, by going to a Patriots team that's not necessarily a pass happy, you know, <laughs> elite pass offense? But where are you at with him? Has he bumped up your boards? Has he stayed where he was? What are your thoughts on Mr. Thornton here? Yeah, he's still very low for me. I. I don't think you can look at this pick by the Patriots as them saying we need wide receiver help. I think you have to look at it as them seeing Taekwon Thornton as a player who could probably help them in a few different areas, like uh, on special teams, he could stretch the field. I mean, that's about, I mean, that's really about it for, for Taekwon Thornton. I mean, I don't mean to be mean to the man uh, coming in the NFL. He's obviously very talented to even make it to the NFL, but that's what his profile looks like. He looks like a field stretcher very limited to that and that he can help on special teams. And I, I just have to think that the Patriots thought we need that right now. So let's go get that guy. Cause he, we value those things very highly for this, for the current team. I mean, like they have Nelson Aguilar to stretch the field, but I, I have a feeling that that uh, he's not going to be there very much longer. He basically was non-existent last year for them. I think they wanted to replace that, that portion of the offense as someone to stretch the field and help on special teams. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like you said, we don't want to say anything bad about these players. I mean, they're obviously uber talented to make it to the NFL and we wish them well. And, you know, he could have a very solid NFL career for fantasy football. I'm not overly hyped or excited on him. I mean, obviously getting second round draft capital makes him more intriguing than he was because if he hadn't gotten second round draft capital, he probably wouldn't even be on my draft board to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think that you're right. I think that the Patriots in general, I mean, like I joked about them taking a guard that was a third round draft pick, whatever. I mean, he's a solid player. He's probably going to be a really good guard in the NFL and they don't, care about like what everyone else thinks like i think that's obvious they don't give a crap what anybody else thinks about the way they do things um you know bill does not care what anybody else is saying about him or what he does he just wants to do things his way and ultimately his way works to some extent it worked dominantly when he had tom brady to work with but it still works to some extent he manages to always scrape out seven or eight or nine wins or something like that um he knows how to game plan he knows how to put a defense together so i think that you know for me, the reasons that I'm not overly excited, just basically, I don't think it's an elite passing offense. I don't think that, you know, there's going to be enough volume for Thornton there to be, you know, relative. I'm, I'm sure there will be a couple weeks probably where it'll have like a long bomb touchdown or something, you know, get like a 70 yard, you know, crazy touchdown because Mac Jones is, is an accurate passer. And if he is wide open and, you know, going down the field, I'm sure Mac can hit him, but I just don't see that being, I think that they, like you said, I think you nailed it in saying that they drafted him probably to play a specific role to help open up some things in their offense, to keep their run game going and to give guys like Jacoby Myers and, you know, guys like, um, you know, the tight ends, Johnny Smith and, 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 um, you know, Hunter Henry, I give those guys a bit more space to work with over the middle of the field and on the shorter game, which is seems to be a lot of what they want to do. So yeah, for me, I'm not that excited. I just don't think there'll be enough 
volume and enough like week to week sort of consistency you know maybe more so interested in in like a best ball format but for your normal dynasty leagues i'm not i'm it doesn't move the needle that much for me having said that we go two picks later and this is like full full pants off mode um george pickens one of my absolute favorite wide receivers in the draft so this is the interesting thing i mean i'm gonna let Wyatt give the anal- his analysis on it but one of the interesting things that i found fascinating was kind of in the last couple of weeks leading up to the draft there was a lot of buzz all of a sudden about pickens stock falling and about how his like there was concerns over his immaturity and some character issues and maybe he'll go into the third round we just don't know and all this kind of stuff and it really started to freak me out a little bit because i was like man i love george pickens i really want him to succeed and lo and behold he lands in literally the best spot you could possibly land in as a wide receiver and i don't just mean like for opportunity and stuff because they already have a decent wide receiver core there at pittsburgh but pittsburgh is like wide receiver you i mean they're just such a solid organization they have such a great coaching staff they know how to get the best out of their receivers and they know how to manage big personalities think ab you know think lev bell like they know i mean you know they know how to manage big personalities they know how to get the best out of their players they know how to um, develop and groom you know wide receivers so i'm really excited by this landing spot but why what are your thoughts on uh, George Pickens, are you high on him anyways, or does this landing spot do anything for you? Or do you have a different take on this landing spot? I, I love this one. I I liked Pickens coming in. His production profile from college is a little bit skewed because of injuries and, and the COVID year. But as a freshman, he burst onto the scene. Um, I think he's a player that we could look back on this year, a couple years from now, and say, like, Pickens was the best wide receiver in this draft. Like, that, I think that's absolutely within his range of outcomes. He's got all – I mean, just – Watching him, he's got all the talent in the world, I think, on the field. He's an exceptional downfield threat in addition to just being a solid wide receiver overall. And then the Steelers, like you said, I mean, if the big knock on a guy is that he's perhaps immature, what other team than the Steelers, who have been the pillar of consistency, and and Mike Tomlin, who is one of the best head coaches in the league and what's known to be a, a head coach who gets along really well with his players and gets the best out of them, like, what other better match is this? And a team, again, and then even, you know, Steelers known for drafting great wide receivers and, and being able to scout them well. Like, I mean, what's not to like here? If it wasn't for there just being what I think are better prospect profiles in there, I think he could be really high. But I, I still have him, you know, uh, back into the first round. I'm taking him over Christian Watson very easily, personally. But yeah, I, I, I love this. Yeah, I mean, I just think, and I... It's it's so tough for me because I had him as like my wide receiver five pre-draft. So he was tied with Traylon Burks, funny enough, um, on my film score. And just like, well, my overall prospect score um, is mostly film, but I do wait some like analytical stuff in on it. My final prospect grade, him and Traylon Burks were literally tied um, at wide receiver five. So I have bumped Traylon Burks just ahead of him because obviously getting that first round draft capital landing in a really great spot for him and things like that. But yeah, it's a tough one for me because I really like George Pickens. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like it could be one of those ones where it takes a little bit of time for it to click for him just because 
if he is that little bit immature, he has a little bit to work on, you know, and he's just coming along. And again, I'm just throwing those words around. I don't know. It, let's, let's not like him. I'm not like his best friend or anything. I don't know if he's immature. He might be the most mature guy in the entire world. I'm certainly not. So who am I to throw stones? <laughs> um, but, you know, if he does, I because the reason I'm saying that is because they've got Deontay Johnson, who's a fantastic wide receiver. They've got Chase Claypool, who has a lot of potential. They've got, they've got Najee Harris, who catches the ball a lot and who's a great running back. They're already going to be working through this whole Trubisky ski versus Pickett, who they start who what, what's that looking like so to expect in the midst of all that you know they don't want to upset the apple cart too much you know what i mean so they're like if they're already trying to figure out the quarterback situation they've already got a second year tight end they've got like this receiving core that works and and does well i don't think they're going to try and funnel too much to him or like force too much onto his plate i think that's one of the good things for him as a, an actual nfl prospect is that he's going to be able to come along if it needs to slowly at first maybe like halfway through or later into the first you know his rookie year before you really start seeing major contributions from him or at least regularly so it's a tough one because I was hoping that like I was hoping maybe people would get like, oh, you know, oh, he went second round, all oh, the Steelers, you know, maybe they would like knock him down the draft boards a little bit or something, but he's not. He still seems to be going in the first round always. Um, and yeah, like which is so it's not really done much. I haven't changed anything really majorly for me. Like he's still sort of like that mid to late first round pick. Um, I'm taking him ahead of Christian Watson. I had him ranked ahead of Christian Watson, you know, pre-draft. So that's not really uh, a debatable thing for me. I absolutely agree with you. He could easily be in a year or two from now. We could look back and say he's the best wide receiver in this in this whole class, um, and that wouldn't surprise me. But I, to say to be fair, I do think he's one of the more volatile prospects as well. So if we went two years down the line and we're like, oh, he was the next Nikhil Harry, and he hasn't done anything in the NFL, it might surprise me that he hadn't done anything. But I wouldn't be shocked if he was like, oh yeah, he's like the sixth best wide receiver or eighth best yeah, wide receiver totally. in this class because I can see certain elements of his game where I'm like, okay, well, that needs work or okay, that that needs sharpened or okay, that worries me a little bit. But man, he has some serious upside. So I really like him. I think for me, um, I don't want to take too much time on him, but I already have him. And again, I'm pretty bullish on him. So this may be a little bit rich for your blood or a lot of people's. I've got him in my draft, um, in my dynasty rankings at wide receiver 36. So I know that's probably pretty high, um, Just, be, but I really believe in his talent and I love his landing spot and stuff like that. So I've got him pretty high already, um, but I mean, that's just where I see you know, his upside and things like that. Cause there's a lot of kind of like veterans that are right behind him, like older guys. And so I'm thinking if I'm in a startup, I'd probably rather want to go with the youth and see how that progresses, you know, maybe like a, I don't know, like an Allen Robinson or something, who's probably going to be way better than him this year, but who's also going to, you know, much closer to the end of his career. So where are you at with him? Yeah. Like, where is he roughly in your dynasty ranks? I've, I've got him at wide receiver for 39. So I'm not really far off from you. I've got him ahead of Allen Robinson, like you said. So yeah, I mean, I think we're in the same line there. Yeah, there you go. Um, You know, and so I think that that's, you know, that's where we're at. And like, obviously we're both pretty, into him as a prospect and we like the landing spot and we're digging it so i mean yeah it's it, to, to me like you know if you if you're a sort of rebuilding team or you know trying to get younger sort of team and you're wanting to you know see what you can get for him or see if you can get in on him i'll give you an example um and you tell me if you think this is crazy with the big money contract and with supposedly looking like he's going to be the wide receiver one i would 
I'd be happy to, if I could swap Christian Kirk for uh, George Pickens plus or something like that. You know, if somebody's like excited by Christian Kirk going to be in the wide receiver one in Jacksonville and things like that, I'd be happy to let, you know, okay, you take my Christian Kirk. I'll take your George Pickens on a 23 second or something like that. If you could do that. I don't know if you can, but like, I'm just throwing out ideas of guys that I know people are hyped on that. I'm like, well, I would actually prefer George Pickens personally. So what do you think of that one? And do you have one yourself? I would smash accept that so hard on the George Pickens side. I have Christian Kirk as my wide receiver for 52. So like they're not even in the same stratosphere for me. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not really a believer in Christian Kirk being a wide receiver one per se. I think he obviously got really overpaid by the Jaguars. He might have some, you know, production. I'm not going to say that he's going to be bad per se. I just, uh, there's no way he's like a wide receiver one uh, or uh, wide receiver two might be even stretching it, honestly, production wise. So yeah, I mean, if you're trying to go get George Pickens, like something I think, I mean, that may actually be real, realistic. I'm sure there is some hype for Christian Kirk, but I like just looking at my own rankings, I'd be looking at, like you said, Allen Robinson or maybe Chase Claypool. I would I would take Pickens straight up over Claypool. Um, yes. Maybe Brandon Cooks with a, a competing team that, you know, is looking for this year. You could send Cooks for him, something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I, like I said, that was more for, for me, it was just trying to think of people who may be getting hyped that I don't feel is justified. So that's why I used him as an example, because I agree with you in that for me personally, if we're talking about Christian Kirk, he's wide receiver 47 for me. So he's quite low. So I would be really happy even just as a straight swap. If someone wants Christian Kirk and I get, you know, I get George Pickens, I'm happy with that. I don't need a plus on top of it. I'm just saying like, if somebody is really genuinely like, super excited about Christian Kirk getting all that money. And if that's, you know, cause I do think it's important. I think looking at money and contracts or that is an important piece of the puzzle, but I think looking at the whole holistic idea of like who they are as prospects, who they are as players and what we're hoping and what we see for them as a ceiling. I, I would be, yeah, I'd be happy. I agree with you. Chase Claypool. Yeah. hundred percent. I would take picking straight up over him. You know, for me, this is probably spicy. I think there's a lot of people that probably will not like this take, but I would take him straight up over Juju. If somebody wanted to give me um, George Pickens and, and they can have Juju, I, I would be I happy would to do that. I'm not a Juju guy. Um, and I know everyone's really happy that he's landed in Kansas City now and stuff like that. And I just, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I don't dig it. Um, so for me, I'd be, yeah. I, I think sweet, we know yeah. who Juju is now. Like yeah, I mean he's he's a fine player, but he does. I think Pickens absolutely has the higher ceiling at this point, and you get the age discount. Exactly. So yeah, that's where we're at, um, and we seem to be pretty in lockstep about that. So we'll not waste any more time because we both love George Pickens. Hopefully you do as well. There you go, folks. We are going to cut it there. Give you some George Pickens propaganda to think about, um, and yeah, we're going to obviously wrap things up with the next episode. Um, stop back by for that. We've still got a few more really interesting wide receivers to run through. They got drafted a little bit later, um, but some gems, some late round dart throws, or some guys you could maybe even scoop off the waiver wire depending on your league so stick with us and make sure and follow Wyatt if you don't already make sure and drop a rating or review if you can really appreciate it and thanks for sticking with us speak again soon I draft zero RB in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah I couldn't be me my fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven I forget what he said and listen to me what you really want to do is stack those RBs you can be Linda just let me be frank those RBs on your roster is money in the bank one says it's awful the other says it's great it's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate